Hey divas, thanks for tuning in to Really Queer, an LGBTQ plus movie podcast, where my co-host and I discuss the queer themes, tropes, and characterizations, for better or worse, of some of our most beloved films, from masterpieces to cringy guilty pleasures. Be warned, each episode will contain spoilers for the movies we are discussing. With that said, hey girl, how are you? I'm fantastic. Where right, diva, how are you? I'm good. Got anything cool going on? No. No? You had stuff going on, didn't you? Yeah, comedy shows, but, like, that's kind of canceled right now. Well, that, because of coronavirus. Yeah. I'm still working. Fucking Rona. I'm still working. Well, I'm sorry that laughter is a big spur of coronavirus. And no one's laughing at drag shows. Okay, that's unnecessary. Um, so, what are we talking about today, Jake? Um, we're gonna talk about the beloved 1996 horror film... Yeah. Scream, written by Kevin Williamson, directed by Wes Craven, starring Nev Campbell, Courtney Cox, David Arquette, Jamie Kennedy, even though they don't list him. I didn't list him. Rose McGowan, you're a junkie whore. <laughs> Rose McGowan, Ski Ulrich, and Matthew Lillard. Did you say Drew? She's not a star. She's top billing. Okay, she's, she's, in, she's in three, billing. she's in like 10 minutes of the movie. 16? She's not starring in the movie. Um, the film comes on the heels of duds such as the later Halloween, Friday the 13th, and Nightmare on Elm Street sequels. Uh, it was slow to start at the box office with $6.3 on opening weekend as audiences were just not excited for another boring slasher film. However, thanks to word of mouth, the film went on to make $87 million. Are you aware of its theatrical run at all? No. It's really impressive. From like, okay, so from a numbers standpoint, to uh-huh. understand why Scream did so well. So it makes $6.3 million on opening weekend, right? It goes on to make $87 million more million through its initial theatrical run. Now I've got $87 million during its theatrical run, okay. opening on uh, December 20th, 1997, being re-released on April 11th, 1997. Uh, and made an additional $16.2 million. It remains the highest grossing slasher film to date, if you account for inflation. Technically, Halloween 2018 was the highest slasher, but if but you account for, for inflation, inflation. Yeah. Um, Which is impressive. Very impressive. This is a $15 million budget that made $173 million. Like, they made That's incredible. Especially because, like, the ghost face, like, costume, they didn't make that. They just found that at a Halloween store. Yeah. So, like, this movie was made on basically nothing. Yeah, yeah $17 million, you got to think that's also paying for... I mean, you got to think sets. Which sets. there are many sets. There are three homes used in this film um, that I can remember off the top of my head. There is the school. The school set that is actually a community center. Community center, okay. Um, you've got the courtyard uh, police station. You've got permits to pay for. You've got Drew Barrymore to pay. You've got... Uh, I don't know how much I don't. I doubt Linda Blair was worth. Like I'm not saying that she's not worth a lot. I'm sure she was not expensive to get yeah. this film. Um, she's in what three seconds? Like three seconds. You've got Courtney Cox, but and even even Nev Campbell was pretty. She was popular. Yeah, she was she was getting, his party of five. Yeah, she just was, started. She was definitely getting um, attention. Yeah, and you've also got the Fonz. I mean, like this, this is a lot of this, this is, has a cast. Yeah, it's got a very strong cast, and they've got all of the set stuff. They've got uh, special effects work. They've got to do scoring. fifty gallons of fake blood. Yeah, so you've got a lot here. Yeah. You've also got expensive to build sets for the the kills. 
like practical effects. Yeah. Um, so this was this was a, a cheaply made movie that looks like it was not that cheap. No. That does not look like a seventeen million. It looks like it has money. Right. Friday the thirteenth films were also really small budgets and they went on with practical effects to many years prior, but you know, for their time did really well. Yeah. Because who Horror girls on, make do. They make do. And I'm really imp- I was just I was looking over these numbers, I was really impressed. Yeah. And then to know that it that it got re released in theaters and ran as so long as long, it, yeah. Like for a slasher film in the nineties. This is incredible. Well this kind of brought slashers back as a genre. Oh, as definitely. like a viable genre. Yeah. Because you did have like Candyman before which by the way, beautiful film. We're gonna talk about that eventually. because um, I really love Candyman. Um I need to watch it all the way through. A beautiful film. But that was 1992, and even that, like, as beloved as that is now by horror fans, it wasn't credited with, like, bringing back the genre that Scream gets... Well, I mean, like, Scream did bring back the... Like, Candyman, hugely beloved what? now. I was about to say, it wasn't I don't think it was popular hugely popular back then. It's gotten a cult following because of its... Um... Yes. I feel like... Well, you have Tony Todd, um, who's Tony Todd. Um, I feel like people love it now. Yeah. I don't think... I don't think the girls were gagging no. back then. Whereas, like, Scream, Scream was... A smash hit. She, Scream swept every category Yeah, at the patch. If you look at what Halloween... Like, this is, and this is one of the reasons why I like to talk about the budget and the theatrical release stuff. If you look at what it made and compare it to movies like Halloween, Halloween was an indie film with a tiny budget that went on to make a fuck ton of money yeah look what it did to the genre in the 80s yeah i or mean 70s late 70s late 70s but inspired 80s yeah basically. and well look what scream did like yeah. now that we have scream like how many like i know it's tired now yeah but like how many horror movies make like ref like references make meta references to stuff because you have like um behind the mask the rise of leslie Vernon. love that movie actually which we're gonna get to it right probably if not, it'll us be referenced while we're talking about we're, the movie. We're probably going to talk about it. Um, which, you know, is a... It's a meta slasher. It's also a kind of a parody. Yeah. You have that. Cabin in the Woods. Mm-hmm. I don't think you would have without Scream. No. And now we have slashers coming back. I feel like slashers got really popular in the 90s and early 2000s, and then everyone was like, oh, slashers. We got, yeah, we got tired of We got the, tired of them again. The magic was not... There anymore. ...recreated. Yeah. With the, the copycat. And then we got ones. a bunch of zombie movies, and now I'm like, if I see and a zombie movie... Porn. And torture porn. I hate torture porn. Same. Um, it's gross to me. Yeah. I don't need to see a woman in peril. It. If I'm going to see a woman in peril, I want to see in a slasher film where she's emboldened. Yeah. I think it's such a pivotal moment even in in, in our generation of horror fans. Oh, definitely. I, um, you ask any gay man who they're, what their favorite franchise is. They're probably going to say Scream. Yeah. I post, I mean, just today I posted um, the, the flyer for movie night and mm-hmm. I've got people who are DMing me about how it's their favorite movie. One of them even said that they wrote a thesis on it in college. I can believe it. I can write a thesis is... about Steve. I like I Scream is such a cultural reset. Cultural reset. Cultural it reset. is. I don't like Coined to use Rose McGowan. I don't like to use the term iconic lightly. Okay. But Scream You call everything I- iconic. Iconic. But yes, this is definitely iconic in the way that you typically do not use it. Like, it's actually iconic. What do I call iconic that's not actually iconic? Girl, you call food that you like iconic. Everything is iconic to you. Everything that you like I don't is use iconic. it lightly, though. Yes, you do, No, I girl. don't. 
So, enter movies like I Know What You Did Last Summer and Urban Legend. Um, which I... Out of the two, which one do you like more? Out of the two <sighs> immediate clones. I know what mine is. I guess I'd say Urban Legend. That's what mine is. The first one was not my favorite, but better than I Know What You Did Last Summer. After watching Urban Legend Final Cut, though... That doesn't count. We're talking about the two immediate clones, which immediate is... Clones, I know Urban just, Legend. I know Urban, Legend. Yeah. Urban Legend's the better film. Absolutely. Uh, it also was so popular, a parody film was uh, was made that had relied heavily on its premise in Scary Movie, which was released in 2000. Also, Scary Movie was the original title of Scream. Yeah, which I thought was cool. Big and you, you hear it referenced when Gail says, like, some, like, the plot of some scary movie. I wish I lived in the universe where it was called Scary Movie. That's a universe that doesn't have coronavirus. Boots. That's the utopia. Yeah. That's the only turning point. Like, that's that's the only point of deviation in that universe. But it's so much better for it. I want to find that. I want to find that reality. Same. I need to find that glitch in the Matrix. God. Hold oh. on for dear life. Um, uh-huh. So with all of that said, it's a highly influential film um, that I would be willing to fight anybody over. Do you agree? Like, you would... You I would have... probably kill... I, ooh, I wouldn't kill someone over Scream. Um, I would probably punch someone over Scream. I might. Um, if I was at a bar, it's not everybody's favorite movie. If I was at a bar, but I feel like it's not everyone's favorite. You don't have to. It doesn't have to be your favorite, but you can't deny it's. It's. It's, it's like how Jaja feels about Beyonce. You know, she doesn't have to be your favorite, but you have to bow down. Yeah. Yeah. You have to pay respect. Just like I wouldn't, I wouldn't shit on anybody who who loved, who didn't really love Cher, but respects her. You don't have to like her music. But you have to. Respect you should. It. You don't have to, but you um, have to respect it. So why to you? As a queer person, why is why is this movie to you really queer? Not to name drop the podcast. Oh my god, you said it. Um, for me, I think that Scream is queer. I have a, a couple of reasons. So the main one um, that I'm I'm gonna start off with is Kevin Williamson, gay. The writing in this film is very gay. Oh, it's so gay. Like um, watching it now as an adult, I'm like, oh, very oh. gay. And um, I'll get to some. I'll get uh, to some of the quotes because I've got them. I've got them written down as we go through the the plot line. I didn't realize that my favorite quotes from the second movie. Yeah, most of my favorite quotes are from the second movie too. This one had a lot of really gay ones. Oh, it though. does though. Yeah. Um, Although, look, local woman. Look, local woman. Um, <laughs> that was more of like the bitchy, like the bitchy dialogue that I love. This film had more, what I think is deliberately queer okay. writing. Um, oh yeah, Bubba I feel like, Billy. I feel like this one is more. Which we'll get. Yeah, we'll get to all of the quotes later on. Um, Bubba Butt boyfriend. Billy. Billy. Um, my other thing that I that I I and I know that this has been talked about on every horror podcast, so I won't go on forever about it. Um, Billy and Stu are gay. I was going to say that you've stolen almost all my points. My bad. They're gay as fuck. So I think that Billy and Stu. Um, and I'll get into this later when I talk more about kind of what inspired Scream. Um, but I think Billy and Stu, to me, as someone who loves true crime, I feel like Billy and Stu, I don't know if Kevin Williamson's a big true crime fan, but I feel like Billy, but he's he's well-read, yeah, obviously. Absolutely. So he probably knows about him. I feel like Billy and Stu are a reference, at least somewhat, to Leopold and Loeb, who um, were... Two boy, two teenage murderers, in the twenties, who killed someone because for fun, and to prove how smart they were. 
Yeah, that's uh, honestly that's kind of what they're. What Which they're is honestly kind of what Billions Two's motive is, really. They just they, in I the first I think movie. They mostly just were excited to get away with it. Yeah. Look at how oh. much carnage they had. They had and like how much they like they stab each other. Yeah. And how well thought out they're like no one can no one's gonna be able to. And then they let Sydney get away. <laughs> As they leave her in the kitchen, love to her own devices. <laughs> With the, and they're like, "Oh shit, where's the gun?" Right, where's stupid? But yeah, no, I think that the I think that's those are my points for it being gay. Did you have any um, um, additions? Because for me, Gail Weathers is what makes this movie. Like it's already pretty gay, but then like Gail Weathers just puts it. First of all, her name. She's doing drag. <laughs> She's doing drag. She's doing drag. Gail Weathers is a drag name. <laughs> Gail, like her name is Gail, like that's a that's a that's a weather girl. Yeah, name, and she even she even mentions that too. Gail, but like, does she? I'm pre- I'm fairly certain that she or somebody makes a reference to <sighs> sounding like a weather like a weather woman. But yeah, she's, no, her she's doing drag. That's her, drag. Okay, let's she talk has about heels. Her. She has an outfit. Let's talk about her she's lips. She's doing drag. Courtney Cox, her lips are lined. They are. I can't say that because we know a lot of queens who don't line their lips. I don't talk to those queens. <laughs> Actually, I do. <laughs> some of them are your friends. Yeah, some of them are my friends. Love you guys. Line your lips. This is a PSA from Sydney Hampton. Line your fucking lips. Um, her lips are lined. Her lips are lined. She wears blush. She does. She wears a drag blush. She does you not just, it's like a full... Like if a, I saw Gail Weathers walking up to me in Sephora, I'd be like, yes, ma'am. Oh, boots. Absolutely. You can, you can tell that, she's, that she frequents the, uh, the map counters. She she spends good money. She she drops a lot. Whenever the girls see her coming in, they're like, "Oh, oh making commission bitch. tonight." Yes, tea. And I'm just <sighs> the highlighter yellow outfit. It's so good. It's so good. I love a problem color. And she is white as fuck, and she still pulls and off that bright color. Pulls it off. I feel like if you're like, mm, I don't. Wanna, I'm not gonna my skin tone. I'm white as fuck. Yeah, but like, I'm not like pale. I don't think I could pull that off. Yeah. I'm too pale. No, you have too much of a red undertone. I have green undertones. Um, green undertone. You have too much of the wrong undertone. The wrong undertone. For okay. a highlighter yellow. Okay, 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 okay. You would look sickly. Yeah, that would be my fear. That's what happens when I, anytime I wear something lime green. That's why I have that, that wig that I never wear. Um, so, so we are, we Gail are green. Weathers. Gail Weathers is doing drag. Um, Billions two are gay. Gay as fuck. The writing is very, very, very clear. gay. Um, Honestly, also, not to get controversial. Or let's have it. That's what this but, is all about. Let's but, do, let's do but, it. but Rose McGowan is a problematic. Yeah. Very problematic. Yeah. Gay icon. Yeah, she's still a, she's still a gay icon. You jawbreaker. I'm sorry. Jawbreaker. Yeah. Charmed. She is. I don't know one single. Actually. I'm a gay boy who did who has never seen Charmed. Um, <gasps> I've never seen Charmed. Shake. And, but think about how much I would love. I I love messy white women. And you are in for it. You need to watch Charmed. I love. You need you, to watch Charmed. I feel I know more about the behind the scenes drama of Charmed. Oh, there was a lot. Which you know now that stuff has come out, I'm on Shannon Doherty and Rose McGowan's side. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like Alyssa started a lot of that. Alyssa Milano sucks. I'm fine with that. Fuck her. She's one of those who's like, vote. And it's like, I'm sad. Vote. So, um, thankfully, Alyssa Milano is not in the Scream franchise, and I hope she never is. Um, first kill of number five. Uh, I would love to watch her get butchered. <laughs> uh, Rose McGowan, I prob- our problematic 
gay icon. Yeah. I feel like we celebrate a lot of problematic people in the gay culture, though. Oh, T. I mean, mm-hmm. Jeffrey, we have to claim Jeffree Star whether we want to or not. I don't want to. I don't want to. Um, I don't think he's an icon, though. Mm, I don't like him, but I, I have to say he's an icon. Mm, to who? He's a billionaire mm. f- Are we allowed to say f- on the pod? No. Okay, I'm going <clears> to... <throat> editor's note. Beep out. I feel like if Drag Race can say malicious gay f- tree. Yeah, but that was that was season two, three. Season three. We've come back around. I feel like it's okay to say f- again. Is it? Let's bleep it out. Let's bleep it out. We're um, going to post a Twitter poll. Is it okay for us to say f- on the podcast? <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I just, I think that we have a lot of problematic queer people. Okay. Whether we want to admit to no. it or not. Okay. We're back on screen. Okay. Summary of Scream. Do it. So we open with probably, to me, one of the most iconic. The most iconic opening openings of, of all time. We open with Drew Barrymore making some popcorn in that sweater. The uh, iconic. The, the icon- iconic knit sweater. Which, by the way, how does she make a cream, like a plain ass cream sweater? Looks so good. So good. So good. No business being that good. Just Drew Barrymore. Also, Drew Barrymore is a blonde. I'm sorry. Who did the costume on Scream? Because she needs an Oscar. Yeah, we need a... I'm gonna... <laughs> you keep talking. I'm gonna look it up, and then we are okay. going to campaign for her to get an Oscar. Okay. Uh, so we open with her, making some popcorn. She gets a phone call from a gentleman, um, Roger L. Jackson, the voice of Ghostface. And he's like, oh, sorry, wrong number. And she's like, okay, bye now. It hangs up, calls back. Gets very lewd, very harassive. Um, is harassive a word? No. Um, also, Cynthia Bergstrom. 16 Bergstrom. You, Cynthia Bergstrom, you deserve a fucking Oscar, girl. Um, consider me in your camp next time you do a movie. I will campaign adamantly for you to all 200 of my followers on Twitter. Lovely. That is quite, <laughs> that is quite the, uh... <laughs> Most of them are probably bot, porn bots, but... Um, so anyways, we open with that, and then we get the line, what's your favorite? She's He's like what are you doing? And she's like, oh, better watch a video. Oh, just some scary movie. What's your favorite scary movie? We cut to him getting Casey being uncomfortable. We then get to the voice of Ghostface, tells her to turn on the porch light. Her boyfriend Steve is out there. He Ghostface makes Casey play a game with horror movie trivia. She fucks up around and then she is ultimately chased to the house and gutted. And then we go to the opening scene with our her- her- we're not gonna we're not gonna we're not gonna pass over her mother oh her poor mother her mother her mother we go to sydney meeting bill we meet sydney and billy for the first time billy has snuck into her house we set up the general plot sydney's father's going to be out of town for a few days and then we cut to school the next day where everyone finds out that casey's been brutally murdered brutally murdered um where we meet tatum Stu, and randy and we learned that Sydney's mother had been murdered the year before mm-hmm. um, by, allegedly, by Cotton Weary. We also meet Gail, well- Gail Weathers at this point, Yes, too. we do. We get to meet her as she um, is doing her little report on the news. Um, she does not get punched here, right? No, she gets no. punched later. That's right. Um, she gets punched after Sydney gets attacked That's in her right. home. Um, so we find all this out, all this exposition. Um, Sydney is going to... Very well done exposition. Oh, beautifully um Sydney is in we find out Sydney's going to spend the night at Tatum's at Tatum's um after they have some discussion on whether or not the killer could be a man or a woman um 
Or a man's mentality. Or a man's mentality. Uh, so we cut to Cindy going home to get ready to go to Tatum's. Um, I'm saying um a lot. I'm sorry, guys. She's attacked by Ghostface within the house. Um, uh, she gets away. She, Billy runs in at the last minute, um, and she he drops a cell phone. He's then arrested, um, and then they go to the police station to give a statement. Gail's like, Gail does some shit, uh, says some snooty shit. At this point, I don't like Gail in the movie at this point. She's kind of a bitch. Um, I like her. I don't know. She's kind of a, a snotty bitch at this point in the movie. Um, and she says, I'll send you... And Sydney I'll says, send you a copy. I'll, I'll look up. I'm excited for your book. And she's like, I'll send you a copy. And then Sydney decks Gail in the face. Um, and then we cut to... We go to them at Tatum's house. Where Sydney gets a harassing phone call from Ghostface. So she thinks that she has fingered the wrong guy. That's not Billy. Then they go back to school the next day. She overhears some mean girls talking shit about her. Billy says some fucked up shit. He's like, yeah, but, you know, it was a year ago. My mom left and I'm fine. She's like, your mom left town. My mom got fucking murdered. Um, they cancel school the rest of the day. For the rest of the week. Um, There's a curfew. Indefinitely. indefinitely. There's a curfew put in town, though. Um, which leads Stu to have a big party. But before we get to the big party, we get the principal dying. Mm-hmm. He is gutted to... The video store, which is one of my favorite scenes, where Randy goes, it has a me moment where I get very excited about something. And starts screaming. And starts screaming and everyone's kind of like, why are you yelling? Yeah. Um, and then, uh, basically he's like, that doesn't look good. Billy's standing in the horror genre when he's the only suspect in a brutal murder. Uh, we cut to the party where the teens are gathered. Tatum gets killed here in a doggy door. They actually had to nail Rose McGowan into the doggy door because she was too small. Like, hit her body? Like, they had to nail her sweater to the inside of the doggy door for her to get stuck. She was too small. Like, she kept falling out of the doggy door. She was too small. So Tatum could have fit the doggy door. Interesting. They had to to nail her sweater into the inside. To make it appear that she she was bigger than she was? Yeah. The cameraman dies. He dies whenever, after Randy's on the couch. Yeah, he dies. Yes. So he dies. Meta, meta, meta. Meta, meta, meta. We think Gale dies at one point. We think Dewey dies at one point. And then finally, it's revealed Sydney gets attacked. And Randy. Randy. Sydney has sex. Sydney has sex with yeah. Billy, which Loses is a big no-no. Loses her virginity. And then it's revealed that Stu and Billy have been the murderers this entire time. Um, they start stabbing each other. Got completely unhinged. Get distracted by Gale. Get distracted by Gale. Um, Sydney makes off. They reveal that Sydney's father, they've had him tied up this whole time. Mm-hmm. And that's why they couldn't locate him earlier in the film. Oh, they think Billy gets... After they have sex, she thinks Billy dies. Because mm-hmm. he gets atta- attacked by Ghostface. And then it's revealed that... Corn syrup. It's corn syrup, which is the sexiest scene to me. Oh, boots. Just, that's gay. just gay. Um, Stu dies. First, he gets a TV shoved onto his head. Which is Welcome fun. to prime time, bitch. Fun for me. Um, and then I think Billy might have the most brutal death in the film. Because she stabs him and then like jams a fucking umbrella into the stab wound. Into his um, pacemaker. Oh. I think it's a pacemaker. He had something going on with his heart. He had a heart surgery of some kind oh. prior to filming. 
So all of his scenes were very, very, like, carefully done, and they had um, a thing that she was supposed to stab into, and she hit the... Yeah. He could have died. Oh, shit. I didn't know that. In real life. Oh, fuck. Anyways, um, she stabs him there, and then he pops up for one last kill, and shot in the head, and then we're left with our survivors, and Gail picks up the mic, say, we're on the scene at Woodsboro... Where, like, the plot of some scary movie. Mm-hmm. And the movie ends. And that was an improvised scene. Improvised scene. Okay. So, now that I have recapped the movie, all of us have seen hundreds yeah, of times. Yeah, 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 Um, so, let's talk about the, did we already talk about the opening scene? I don't let's think talk about did. it more. Okay. Um, this might be the homeowner in me. I'm really impressed by her home and I really want her windows. That house was immaculate. Immaculate. I want to go to, I want to go where this was filmed. Do you know where this is filmed? I don't remember. It was filmed, it was not filmed in Petaluma like I thought. It was, it was filmed in Northern California. Though. That's what I was thinking. I want to go, I want to go there. I think it is Northern California because that's where yeah. one of the, Fear the Tuck and Careers guys lives and he got to go see a lot of these homes. I know I, I saw that that house Stu lives in is an Airbnb now. Oh my god. Which I mean I would love that. Same. I would love that so much. Only if it's staged the same though. It's not. You know it's not. Some yuppie fuckers moved in there and changed it all up. Ugh. They probably have like a small thing dedicated to Scream from people come in and they can like take a funny picture with his phone or something. I just want to let him be the same. Barf. Okay. Um, <laughs> Anyways. Drew's uh, acting this is top tier. Top tier for me. Her, 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 she conveys to you the dread and the fear like so, no one else. Wes Craven, her tears in that movie, were the, the tears in there, oh, yeah, there were they real. Wes Craven was telling her stories about abused animals. Mm-hmm. She had uh, a newspaper clipping. So of, that's what, yeah. I think a puppy murderer? Yeah. So that's why yeah. she was like actually crying. Which I thought was sick. But also but... effective. I wonder if she used uh, if she used that for her tears in Riding a Car in the Poise. My second favorite Drew Barrymore film of all time. Okay. Um, um, do you have anything? There's, this is one of my favorite parts of the whole movie. Is the opening scene. Which is typically like a bad sign. But like I feel like it only goes up from here but oh, this yeah. is still one of my favorite scenes yeah there are a lot of movies that i hate that have great opening opening scenes just uh, such a good opening scene yeah i agree so what would you have done in that situation like if you got a phone call well obviously not now because we have cell phones but like circa 90 say we were in the 90s if i was a teenager in the 90s yeah and you got a phone call like that um <laughs> i would probably piss myself yeah piss myself same reaction, honestly. Just full of dread, screaming, please leave me alone. Um, do you want to play a game? And then... <laughs> be like, fuck no. I'm like, fuck no. Um, once I'm made to play it to save someone that I care about, um, not be able to remember shit because yeah. I'm on the spot. Don't ask me questions on the spot because I cannot tell you. I can remember every fact about a movie. If I don't have the notes for it, though, I can't remember. Just like Drew Barrymore, I would say, Jason. Jason, Jason, Jason. Yeah. I saw that movie 20 goddamn times. No. That would be me. Boots. Casey okay. Becker. I would not stop at the fucking stairs, though, like she did. Um, or, or, not, so whenever she, every time I watch it, she doesn't throw the phone. 
she could have thrown the phone to get her mom's attention. Yeah. But I also understand when you're there, maybe she's just not thinking. She's traumatized. So, Casey Becker's not a stupid girl to me. No. She she plays smart. She hits him with the phone. She's very resourceful. She's a lot like Sydney. Um, she doesn't run upstairs. Which is, yeah. Good. Good. I'm going to talk about some facts about Scream. Um, sure. So, Kevin Williamson actually wrote the script. And it probably takes back to the opening scene. He actually wrote the script for Scream in three days. Um, like? Three days. The whole screenplay? Yes. Dialogue and all? Yes. Holy shit. In three days. He was inspired. He was watching a Barbara's Walters, a Barbara Walters special on the Gainesville Ripper. Um, and um, during a commercial break, he heard a noise. So he went to go investigate it and noticed that a window in his house was open. That was not open before. So he grabbed a fucking knife and called his friend and his friend started fucking around and asking him about scary, like asking him about scary movies. And that's kind of what inspires the opening scene of Scream. Very interesting. Um, yeah. Also, um, I think this is a, another important part. Um, Roger L. Jackson, who is Jackson, who is the voice of Ghostface, he's never actually been allowed to meet any of the actors in order for them to, their, like, fear to be actually, like, genuine. Yeah. That's really, that was really smart for yeah. them to do. And, like, I'm sure that, like, they... Sarah Michelle Gellar hung out with them. Yeah. On the set of two. Yeah. I'm sure, like, after number one, they all yeah. hung out with them. But, like, the first movie, like, that's smart. Very smart. Very smart. And you Genius. can tell, too, like, her, her, like, the fear that they have feels genuine. Yeah. So I think it was a very smart move. Um, also, Williamson's agent actually told him that the blood and violence in the movie were too extreme and they would probably never get picked up. Um, so Miramax actually won the bidding war for it. Um, which is also how we got I Know What You Did Last Summer because the people who lost it were like, well, we want to scream. Right. Um, so they picked it up with the stipulation that all the blood and gore get cut out. A lot of it be cut out. Yeah. And then Wes Craven was like, no. Is that PG-13? It's R. It's R? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, it has to be rated R. So, speaking of Wes Craven, George Romero, Sam Raimi, who directed The Evil Dead, this is before Spider-Man, so people knew him for Evil Dead, not Spider-Man, <laughs> and Wes Craven all passed on directing the film at first. Wes Craven only signed on because Drew Barrymore signed on. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. I'm glad Wes did. Oh, same. And speaking of the opening scene, Wes Craven actually lied to the ratings board saying that he only had one take of the opening scene so he couldn't edit it because they thought it was too violent. <laughs> he had more than one take of that scene. That's smart, too. <laughs> Seen it? This movie is just made up of <laughs> smart intelligent moves. moves. Intelligent moves, boots. So, let's move on to the night. Uh, let's skip the, like, I thought we were on our way to a PG-13 movie. That scene. Because that's just, to me, that's the my least favorite scene in the movie. I mean, it's mine, too, but only because of how dickish this character is. Oh, God. Billy's such a fucking asshole. Although, I do want to quote, um, I was watching television and the exorcism was on and it got me thinking of you. 
things not to say to your girlfriend. <laughs> right? It was edited for TV. All the good stuff was taken out. Like, like he is such an what? asshole. Just thought um, we could do some over the top of the close stuff. I hate it. I hate, I hate it. it. Ugh. I mean, it, it's well done. It's beautifully done. Beautifully done. So, I hate that fucking so, scene, though. So the media in this movie loves violence. Oh, yeah. No, they're having the time of their life. The time of their fucking lives. And, like, to me, it's funny that the media in this movie loves violence so much when it's movies like Scream who get blamed for violence. Mm-hmm. But, like, the media is showing, like, more horrible shit without asking for someone's ID. Like, you don't have to, like, like when the news comes on and, like, they're like, four heads washed up on the banks of the Ohio River, more at 11. Like, the news, Miss News Lady is not being like, can I see your IDs before? Yeah, no. Like, no. Where it streams like, are you 17? Great, you can come in. Like, Miss News Lady doesn't care if there's a fucking five-year-old in the room. She's no. talking about them heads yeah. that washed up on the beach. That was, that was, um, what, Okay. The media in this, in this, uh, you bring up a, you bring up a point that I would like to expand upon. So we're in the courtyard. We get introduced to Linda Blair and Courtney Cox. Mm. The media circus is outside of the school. Yeah. On the premises of the school. Of the school. They're not just on the sidewalk. They're on the yeah. school. Like the kids can't get to class. Yeah. I think that. I, I don't know for sure, but I feel like this was probably a criticism of how the media, like, permeates youth culture. Yes. Um, they are... I think it is. ...gleefully discussing They're this... to this. Yes. D- gleefully discussing this mutilated this mutilated it, young girl and her boyfriend. And this is before, like... we have In to remember, front of their friends. We have to think about it. Scream came out before... Um, Columbine? Columbine and school shootings. Yeah. And, like, the media being like, hey... Not okay. This isn't me saying the media is evil, because it's important to protect journalists, especially in this time. Yeah. But some journalists are evil. I can say that. I can say that. I I'll agree with that. I feel like it's latching on to. I feel like further traumatizing children for views mm-hmm. is rentable. Making money off of, of scared teenagers who's... I mean, Sydney says, I sat with her... And now this is one of those lines that I love. I sat with, or I sit with her... Or I sit next to her in English, English class. Not anymore. <sighs> A good line. Good line. Um, that's Great the line. way that the media like is out here talking about yeah. what just happened. These are kids who were in class with her. This could have been them. Yeah. And the media has no... No fucking... No cooth. They don't care. Yeah. They're just there well, for they the even story. go after Sydney after Sid- they know Sydney's mom. Yeah, had just been murdered. And it's important to note too that not even it wasn't even necessarily Gail running after her. No, it was everybody. It was everybody. Sydney, which, Sydney, Sydney. Yeah, which is a recurring theme in the franchise. Yeah, it's like just leave flocking to her. Leave Sydney Prescott alone. They won't leave her alone. Um. So, uh, we get the. Not anymore. Um, I felt like that was really queer writing. And the reason why I say that is that it was delivered very Heathers-like to me. Yeah. Did you get that vibe? Was Heathers made already? Yeah, it came yes. out in it. I feel like it was Maybe. very snappy. Yeah, very snappy. Um, so, Sydney's first encounter. Uh, actually, no, we skipped over the fountain scene. Let's talk about this fountain scene. 
um, where we get to see, uh, for the first time, our killers together. But we don't know at this time. We don't know it. But, but watching it again, the you're like, film this is so obvious. Hints at it really hard because they're both wearing sweaters. Just like Casey. Just Becker. like Casey Becker's. Um, and then we get the accusation from uh, Randy. Randy, that Stu has date. Well, Stu dated Casey. Casey. Um, and then makes the whole you know the the kind of half jokey like where were you last night, um, and then the the way that Skeet Ulrich like pro- like produces the line of well no one said that you did creepy as fuck to me watching it like i watched yeah. it today and i was just like wow and his his eyes yeah do a lot of acting um he Ulrich, fantastic actor oh also queer writing rose mcgowan talking about how it could have been a oh, yeah. killer um because of basic instinct basic instinct or a men's mental- a man's mentality um did you have anything from the film scene uh, no, other than that, I truly feel like I am Randy again. Oh, boots, absolutely. And I will say, in, in this scene, I'm definitely the, the Tatum. You're, you're, you're advocating feminism and the time... Advocating feminism in a time when maybe I should just shut my mouth. <laughs> maybe in a time when it's like, it's like, you're, I feel like Tatum in this scene is very much where like, that meme where it's like, um, 90, 90, like, like 19 people control the, all the world's money. Yeah. And they're like, and eight of those people should be women. Yep. <laughs> and it's like, uh, yeah, that's, that's, um, boots. Okay. So we, uh, get Sydney's first encounter. Tatum's going to pick her up shortly, but she's running late. So we, this is whenever we get the, my, one of my, I consider it iconic. Uh, hello, Sydney. Oh yeah. But also let's talk about like Tatum and like, here, if you pause it right, you can see his dick. Oh, yeah, yeah. What was the movie? Oh, it was something stupid. Um, Tom Cruise in... I can't remember. But yeah, if you pause it just right, you can see his penis. Gay. <laughs> gay. So gay. So gay. Um, I really wish I could remember what movie it was. I keep wanting to say Fatal Attraction. He's not even in that. Damn. Like I said earlier, brainworms. Um... So yeah, we get uh, Sydney's first encounter with Ghostface, and she believes it's Randy. She also says something about Ghostface's voice being sexy that I have to agree with. It's a very sexy voice you do, Randy. Very sexy voice. Do you agree? No. I think Ghostface is hot. You're wrong. I think he's hot. You're one of those people who would have like sent letters to Ted Bundy in jail. I don't know that I would have, because he he hurt women. And Ghostface didn't? Not explicit not explicitly. Not explicitly. No, he kills the he kills the um Most of his He's more brutal to women than he is men. How many women has he killed? More than men. He kills Tatum, Casey. There's not a lot of death in this movie. There's there's really not a lot of kills. Casey, Tatum, um In in two he kills Cece. He kills We're not talking about two, we're talking about one. And okay, First. number and then how many men does it kill? Two. Steve and the principal yeah. kills Casey and Tatum. 50-50. He's an equal opportunity Oh, killer. he kills the janitor. Or he kills the cameraman. That's three men. Two women. Do they brutalize women more? Sure. Yes. Yes. Also, but they also stab um, Dewey, knock out Gail, 
shoot Randy, brutalize her father. Okay, Ghostface isn't sexy, though. Ghostface is super hot. No, he's not. You're wrong. You're his fu- voice you're is super wrong. sexy. Whatever. No, ugh. I'm gonna play a. I'm gonna play a sample of his super sexy voice for you right now. Okay. Like, um, would you let Michael use a voice change room bed if it was oh, Ghostface? Boots, bitch. Um. Ugh, okay. So you're disgusting. Oh, oh, oh! I'm not even done with the scene yet. She says on the phone. He he asked her, wow, "What's your favorite horror movie?" You know I don't watch that shit. Why not? Because it's just some big-breasted girl uh, who doesn't know what she's doing. Running up the stairs running when up she... The, who can't act running up the stairs when she should be running out of the front door. It's insulting. And then whenever she gets attacked... She runs up the stairs. Well, she tries to go out the front door first. Oh. But it's chain-locked. She decides that taking the chain off the door would take too much time, so she runs upstairs. Yeah. I don't disagree. I think she made the right call. Oh, because also she knows that her door, she can... Mm-hmm smart girl and then yeah and down she can get distance between him more if she goes ahead and jumps over him and runs up the stairs um than she would if she was to unlatch the door open open the door and then run yeah so but also i don't think they were trying to kill sydney at this point oh no definitely not i mean they they hold the knife over her for for way too long yeah just time to kick him um i half wonder if this was uh Stu's attempt at trying to like scare her just, not just scare her, but see if he can get how how far can I how far can I take this? Yeah, because it's clear that they're getting off on the on the. Oh yeah, they're cards. getting off on this. Um, onto each other, of course. Um, so I'd watch that. Oh, boots. So Sydney's being messed with. There's no intent to actually kill her, um, which we both agree on. Whenever they're at the the police station, this has been talked about in every horror podcast, but I had to bring it up. Um, how fun is it for you? You're, you're younger than I was, so you didn't really grow up. Well, you did. With the cellular phones, before everybody had them. Watching this today as a child of the 90s. <laughs> Why do you have a cellular phone, son? <laughs> Everyone's uh, got them, Sarah. Like, I feel bad to show this to like my younger sister. She'd yeah. be like... And you have to explain. We that, didn't like, have cell phones We back didn't then. have cell phones back then. Like, it wasn't common. Like, even, I didn't get a fucking cell phone until, like, 8th grade. I was sixth grade, but I'm also older than you. And it wasn't a good phone. It was a, a semen. I mean... A little blue phone that I mean, was a small in the palm of my hand. No one's phones were good back then. Yeah. It did have access to the internet, and I did have uh, Get That Dirt Off Your Shoulder as my ringtone. But it was a polyphone, or polytone. Anyway. Everybody has them nowadays. This is one of your favorite scenes. Uh, whenever we get to... <gasps> oh! Where... where... I'll send you a copy. Bam. Bam! Sid! Super bitch! Bitch went down. Also, the juxt- the, for me, I'm gonna talk a little bit about the juxtaposition. Every time you see Tatum when she's not with- just with Sydney, she's dressed, um, I don't wanna say sluttily, but like, very accentuates her body. Mm-hmm. Um, which again, not to shame women, but I feel like for storing tell me, like I'm not trying to be like, women sure I'm dressed this way, wear whatever the fuck you want. Don't wear a confederate flag. No. And wear a mask. Wear a mask. Please. But Tatum always dresses um, like short skirt. You can tell she's not wearing a bra and her sweater, tight sweaters that show off like her chest. But then when she's dressed with Sydney, she's wearing like pajamas that don't really, very conservative pajamas. Yeah. And that's like, she. you can see that this is, this at, at this is still a little girl, basically. 
Yeah. No, and their um their sleepover scene yeah feels like a '90s sleepover. Yeah. It, just which is then feels completely good. destroyed because she thinks oh, we put it's over. Billy was ghostface. Yeah. Whatever. And then she gets a call at Tatum's house from Ghostface. Oh yeah, yeah. Poor, uh, poor Billy boyfriend. An innocent guy doesn't stand a chance with you. Looks like you fingered the wrong guy again. Again. Ugh. So again? coding, okay, coding. Yeah. And because you know that's that's Stu calling. Yeah. And you know he all about fingering Billy. So um, okay. Again, I have to ask, what would you have done in this situation if like. So you'd come over to my house after, like, you thought Michael had been the man terrorizing you this whole time? I mean, he is. Well, in, like, a mascot with a knife. Oh, okay. And, like, sending you harassing phone calls. Um. And then you were over at my house and got a phone call from, like, the person. Same thing, because Sydney hasn't come into her own mega strong woman get shit done, fuck, our, fuck around and find out kind of ways yet. Because um, I will never achieve. Uh, she's still scared. She just yells no. And she's she's petrified. That'd be me. Okay. I can see that. Oops. I would also find myself disappointed that the, the cops didn't uh, get there in time. And I probably would have hit Dewey. But yeah, no, I would, I would be doing the same thing. Um, so, cut to morning. Um, Sydney's eating breakfast with Tatum and Dewey. Uh, and we see Cotton for the first time on TV, played by Leif Schreider. Leif Schreider. Um, who is super hot. Um, and that's the last that we see him. Are you kidding me? Shut your mouth. What? Um, do you have anything about the that you want to add about those scenes before I move on? Nope. Okay, work. Uh, Linda Blair um, yells, how does it feel? Uh, we get to have a little bit more Linda Blair there. Cindy apologizes to Gail. Kind of. Um, we get the, another, some more, uh, bitchy female dialogue from Tatum, uh, with nice vault, sweetie, and from Sydney with, sorry, I mangled your face. Uh, but the real, the real Oscar winner here is, if I'm right about this, I could save a man's life. Do you know what that could do for my book sales? Yeah. Like, superb writing yeah this movie is excellent Sid and Billy blue balls meet again in the stairwell uh, I have a girlfriend who'd rather believe I'm a psychopathic killer than touch me oh my god uh, and then the worst line slash one of the funnest lines in the film that I like to just randomly bring out anytime I'm mildly inconvenient and someone gets on me for being a baby uh, <laughs> I'm sorry that I'm my, sorry tra- my traumatized <laughs> life is an inconvenience to you and your perfect existence, <laughs> which is so good, bad and good. Like, I always thought it was weird that they would use of all of the scenes in Scream for them to put uh, to give us in a like MTV News kind of reel with um, who played Sydney and Stab. I can't remember her name. Tori Spelling. Tori Spelling. For Tori Spelling to do is that scene, but then also if you're going to have a scene to have a bad actress reenact, it's that scene. That's the scene to do it. Yeah. Hands down. Because it's so dramatic. It's so dramatic and stupid. 
Um, so I just really enjoy that. I'm sorry that my drum does It's an inconvenience to, to you and your perfect, perfect existence. existence. Um, but then we also get her in the bathroom with those mean girls over talking, over, uh, where, yep. um, over talking, talking about her. Yeah. Um, discussing, uh, Sydney doing it to, yeah. to get attention. Where they say, one of my favorite lines, teenage homicide is so last season. Or teenage suicide is so last season. And homicide is a much more... Teen suicide is out this year. Homicide is a much healthier therapeutic expression. Yeah, that's what they Where say. Where do you get this shit? Ricky Lake. Which. You're pathetic. Gay. Um, so gay. We also skipped and then, over. And her own bubble boyfriend, Billy. Maybe she's a slut, just like and her mother. Oh, just... it's so mean and catty and hateful. Yes. And I feel like that purposely encompasses the gay experience. Yeah, absolutely. This is this like is... have you ever have you ever heard someone talking about you at the bar in the bathroom? Have you ever had? I don't go to the bathroom at the bar. I'm in multiple you're, layers you're of tracks. Yeah. When you weren't a drag queen. I don't remember a time. All of my young gay life, I've been a drag queen. I started at 21, girl. I went out at 21. I didn't start performing until 22. Anyway, we're not getting into my. Long, long, illustrious career. Okay. Um, You're still worried. Okay. So, yeah, we get the the bathroom scene, which is made up of just... Malicious. Malicious tree. Um, by some, some girls who just seem to have it out for Sydney. For no reason. For no reason. Which, by the way, like, I know you haven't... Well, I've definitely been in the bathroom and I've, like, overheard people talking about me and, like... Kind of the moment where you just walk out of the stall and they're like... Which I wish she had done. I feel like I've done that, but I was also drunk. So I was like, I don't fucking care. As you cry into the... To dancing on my own in a, in a bathroom stall. They don't... They don't play that in clubs anymore. Well, they don't play anything in club right now. <laughs> COVID. Poor Chromatica. And uh, future nostalgia. Yeah, whatever. Are you serious? Yeah, Whatever. There's well, only a few songs on Future Imperfect. Oh, like. okay. We're not going to talk about this right now because I want to be able to finish this Future Imperfect. Future Imperfect is the name of a comic book storyline. Um, Gail works Dewey. Yes, um, she does. Yes, she does. How's the eye? It's productive. And we get the whole blossoming. This is whenever it all starts. We get the Dewey. Uh, yeah, because they haven't met each other at this point. Um, whenever. She gets punched. Dewey's there, but he doesn't actually like interact her. with her. Yeah. Just where did you get that right hook? So this is the first time that they really get to like, encounter talk. one another. Yeah. Um, and Dewey's flirty. Oh. Gail's flirty, but and she's, she's only like, there for the story. And she, she doesn't she make that comment? She's like, "You're a little old for my demographic." Oh, um, and I'm really popular with boys eighteen to twenty four. And then he was Looks like, like, "I barely just missed you." He's like, "I was twenty four for a whole year." Yeah, which is really cute. I was like. <laughs> It's very cute. It's very cute. It's very cute. Very wholesome. Um, and rife with drama. Um, so, Sydney is invited to the party. Uh, Principal Hember dies. Would you have gone to the party? Fuck no. There, I mean, is, you... um, there is a killer on the loose, I mean, and you... I'm already twice now attacked. And I've gotten multiple phone calls. I am not going to a teenage party. No. If you were not Sydney. No. No. No, 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 no. No. 
it has to happen for the film to continue. No. I would not go to that fucking party. Okay. Deadass. I would be at home watching Over the Hedge. Oh. I'm not going to go to some <laughs> party. That's fair. That's fair. What would, would you? Um, If I was Sydney, fuck no. Anyone else? Maybe. Even if I wasn't. Yeah, even now I know what you meant. If I wasn't Sydney and I was if if I wasn't like the the target. No, I'm not going to no party. No, still no. Answer's no. Over the hedge. Over the hedge, Moana double feature. Absolutely. And then you get murdered in your own home. Probably. To Ben Fold's soundtrack. Um, with my fucking luck. Um Not that, that wouldn't be an excellent it would just be kinda like You get murdered to fucking Avril Levine talking. Right. Vern <laughs> Um, so, so he gets invited to the party, Principal Henry, uh, Henry dies, Tatum confronts the rumors about Maureen Prescott to Sydney. Michael, and this is something that Michael thought, that this is his argument that she's not as good of a friend as, uh... Hallie. Hallie, thank you. But yeah, this is the argument that Michael makes, that she's not as good of a friend as Hallie is, because she kind of, like brings this up and upsets her. But to me, I feel like she was trying to help Sydney kind of come to terms with. Um, you've you've been wrong about who was responsible once. You could be wrong about Cotton Weary. Um, these rumors have gone on for a long time. Not sure I love the thing about Richard Greer and the hamster. Yeah. But pop culture for the time... Yeah, I get it. Well, you can only hear that so many times before you start believing it. Yeah. Which, I mean, like... <sighs> and if the rumors had been going on for years, Tatum would know about them because Tatum's popular. So you yeah. know everybody's heard about it. Well, the Tatum's whole town knows about it. it. Right. So, and, and the thing, too, to, to that I like, that I brought up to Michael is that her reaction to Tatum isn't to scold or be angry. She's getting this, she's getting this information from a friend, a perspective from a friend. And she responds as a friend. She's not upset or angry with her. Yeah, she does have that moment, like, and you and you believe it, and then she kind of confirms it with the Richard Greer story, and then it's just kind of like, yeah. And you can see her doing the work in her head, and then she says, "If I'm well, wrong, that means the killer's still out there." Yeah. Well, Tatum's like, <sighs> Tatum's like, I don't. Tatum's like, I believe it. She's like, I don't want to believe it, but like. Yeah. She's not saying this to her. Because you think, because you, if you got, if you think about it, like Tatum probably knew Maureen. Yeah. Like they probably, like she probably grew up going, like Maureen's probably like a second mom to her. Yeah. Made her food, like you know, like that's not something you like. You don't want to think about someone like that. Yeah. So it's you know, and I think that um, that Tatum is unjustly not treated. Yeah. As a as good of a friend as she was. And I would make the argument, too, that she never should have had Sydney trying to go to a party. But oh, I also no. know that friend. I know yeah. that friend. We all have that friend who is just like, you know, try to distract yourself. But this is a, you know, different situation. Also, narrative purposes, I get it. Yeah, sure. Um, and I, but I don't think that that means that Tatum's a bad friend. No. Because I don't think this scene right here, any any work that was done in the, the previous scene to make Tatum seem like a friend who doesn't care, I feel like is undone with this scene. Because she's genuinely trying to help her friend yeah. come to terms with reality. Yeah. Um, 
So yeah, Stan Tatum, um, video store. I'll let you take this. One of my favorite scenes, um, mainly because I often have moments like this, um, where I'm like, oh, that's not a good look. And so I'm like, well, what do you mean? And like, I start going on a tangent mm-hmm. and yelling and everyone's like, and I'm Is like, she okay. But like, I'm right. Mm. I am. I'm sorry. If you were Billy, would it be a good look? For you to be the only suspect in a brutal murder and then stand in the fucking horror section? No, that's not a good... The optics of that situation are not good. I'm not going to stop watching horror movies just because you think I killed somebody. Okay, I didn't say you have to stop watching it, but you don't... If, How if, do they watch horror they, movies in the 90s, girl? You have to go to the video store. They probably had collections at home. But if there was a... If you had, like... If you were the only suspect in, like, a, a fucking stiletto murder, would you be at the shoe store buying new stilettos? Depends on who I killed. <laughs> I hate you. Whether or not I want to flounce it about. <laughs> yeah, I got it her. Got a real go with the with that Louboutin. <laughs> oh my god. With the off brand Louboutin. <laughs> I hate you. Um the pleaser pump right to the and neck. And then and then you get <laughs> <laughs> Please this. <laughs> Bam <laughs> Bitch went down. <laughs> Sid, super bitch. <laughs> um but like this is where you get a lot of randy's character of him being like the horror geek yeah um and like you kind of get the like whole thing where like he seems to have a crush on sydney Mm -hmm. Um, this really solidifies it yeah and then um (laughs) just (sighs) what a bizarre and michael michael doesn't like randy Um, what yeah, he thinks that he's an incel. I love Randy. Yeah. <laughs> Junkie whore. Listen. I shouldn't say that. Cut that out. I just ripped my band-aid off Cut. my face laughing. Cut me say junky whore out. Editor's note. Leave in junky whore. Editor's note. Do not leave in junky whore. Um... Um, but Randy, like, talking about the rules of a horror movie. Yeah, no, he's... He, and then he does it again later. He's he's the most uh, meta character. Oh, yeah. There are rules. There are very specific rules. Um, There's which, a formula. A very simple formula. formula. That's what Everyone's says. a suspect. I feel like if I was in this situation, I would be Randy. Oh, yeah, you'd be Randy Boots. Because you'd be like... <sighs> I'd be like Sydney. I'd be part Randy. But I would be hysterical, I'd, Randy. Yeah, I'd be like Sydney Hampton. I would be. Um, you know what we do? We get in this car. We don't. We smash our phones, <laughs> and we just drive. Oh, there's a killer who's calling people before they die. Maybe don't ring your phone. <laughs> don't answer the phone. Um, you can block numbers real easy nowadays. Right. <laughs> Or I'd be Jada Pinkett Smith in the opening. Star 69 his ass! <laughs> right. <laughs> Which was a thing then. So. Now you just pay 10 bucks and put it into yellow pages. Right. So now I'm just, I'm, um. I, I, this scene too also gives us some more queerness. Because we get the first, if you, if you rewatch it. And if you're listening, rewatch this. Pay attention to Matthew Lillard's face. Not just what he does to Randy while Randy's talking, 
but his face because he looks at Billy like he wants to suck the soul out of him. Oh. And he's sitting there playing with with, uh, Randy's earlobe and he's just so interested in Billy. Yeah. Beyond, beyond. He's also sowing the seeds of maybe it was Sydney's dad. Um... I just thought that scene was very interesting. It's it's the best scene that we get with Stu and Billy until the climax. Hands down. And Billy's not even there for very much of it. No, no he's not. Um, Randy also quickly admits that he would be the number one suspect if this was a horror movie. Uh, which he, he would be, but he's not to yeah. me. No, at no point did I ever think that Randy was the killer. No, there's no point. He should have been, though. Excellent writing. So. He should have been. He was the, the love and... Uh, the, the love obsessed. He has no reason to kill Sydney. He's obsessed with her. He has no reason to kill Casey. Um, he loves horror movies, and at the time, and even today, horror movies inspire violence amongst teenagers. Yeah. Air quotes. So the narrative would have worked. We and would criticize it for oh, being for being lazy. Uh, yeah. But the movie isn't lazy. No, the movie it does not the lazy. work. So, That's, but he would be. Yeah, that's one of my favorite scenes. And then also, um, I can't help but feel like a little bit like Randy. I'm sorry if I'm, I'm like, relating to Randy too hard here. Yeah. Relate away. But like, like kids liked horror movie in my school growing up. Like, but it was like the fun, like it was like, we're going to go see this to like, for like fun. Yeah. Where I was like, let's watch Dead Alive. Let's watch an obscure nineteen seventy five horror <laughs> classic. Let's watch this Italian. movie. Yeah, let's let's watch this movie. None of you heard about. Then we go to the party. Yes, we're at the party. Where again, um, I re- I relate with Randy. Where like all the teens like show us your tits, Jamie, and I'm like, no, she can't do that. There are rules. There are reasons why she can't show her tits until, yeah. uh, some other movie, Terror Train. No, uh, no, it's uh, True Lies. Yeah. So we got Which by the way, True Lies. Never seen it. Um, okay, well, there's a scene, it's a very awkward scene to watch. Where like Arnold Schwarzenegger is like sitting there and he's like and fucking fucking Jamie Lee Curtis <laughs> is pole dancing, but she's in like granny panties and like a very not sexy bra. Like We're a, getting up to act this out. Like a like a granny panty, like a like a granny panty and a granny bra, like set of like black and she's like she's like oh wow and Arnold Schwarzenegger is just sitting there like why did I feel like I just watched an amateur drag show that's what it feels like it does feel like that and we were I was just like watching that scene I was just like is she on coke because it's very much like for a visual, he's dancing like Friday the 13th Part 7 dance. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. You need to watch Part it's 7. It's been so long. There's that guy who dances, I can't remember his name, and he's like... Mama, I don't remember... It's been so long. You need to watch that movie. Go home and watch it tonight. Watch it tomorrow. Are there any takeaways for you from the party scene? Other than... Randy. Randy, and then they just kind of peace out real quick. The party ends real abruptly. Um, the reason for that is Principal Henry, uh, Hembry has been found. Oh, yeah, they field. found him. They found him. That's why I think that the, that the, the principal's death even occurred. 
um, was so that they could get everybody at the party to leave. To leave. Okay. Um, I think that Randy could have left, and they would not have been upset. I think that because Randy was still there, um, they were going to kill him until they hear Sydney running outside, and then they just leave Randy alone. That's fair. Because Randy's just drunk on the couch watching Halloween. Sydney's outside running away. Yeah. And then we get the, the kill in the van of Kenny. There's a 30-second yeah. delay. Turns around, sees the door is open, turns back around yeah. to watch the thing. I'm like, Kenny, get in the fucking van. Kenny, get in the fucking van. Drive, motherfucker, drive. Right. Get out of there. Leave everybody behind. Go. So. Poor Kenny. Um, and then let's talk about the final scene. Well, I separate them from the party. Um, oh, we talked about Tatum's death. We didn't talk about Tatum's death. Everybody's still there too. Yeah. Tatum's death. So this is something that I thought was weird. She gets, how did they? How did none? No one. Nobody none noticed her body no, hanging yeah. out of the garage because her body is still there whenever Sydney yeah. falls out of the window. So, were did, did they just not park in the front? Right. Like, did no one be like, "Oh shit!" Right. So I thought that was kind of weird, but. I mean, it's a movie. I'll suspend my belief there. The movie's done so great so far at everything else. I'll just let it go. Um, So Tatum gets murdered in one of my favorite murder dialogue scenes as she mocks being the... Who do you think kills her? I really think it's Stu because right now Billy and Sydney are upstairs getting ready to fuck great. Yeah, which is like... Are you surprised at all that it would be Stu? A little bit. I'm not. Like. <sighs> he gets to now kill the, he now gets to kill the beard. I don't get why she has to die though. She's Sydney's best friend. And she's. Um, <sighs> it's just. Big breasted. It's such an upsetting from death. From a narrative like, standpoint. Uh, yeah. I she's just, the slutty girl. I just don't like seeing Tatum die. No, me neither. And arguably, City's more slutty than Tatum at this point. Is she? Do you haven't seen Tatum have sex? We do see Sydney have sex. That's T. You're just in. It's just inferred by the way that she dresses. dresses. Um, but yeah, no, it totally makes sense to me that that Stu would be the one to kill her. Yeah. She puts up a hell of a fight though. Oh yeah, throwing beer, beer bottle. Oh, um, also, whenever you're, yeah, watch it again. Pay attention to that scene. You can hear the voice of Stu. Um, when he's being hit. Oh. It's clearly Stu. Okay. There are a lot of those, um, that I'm, that I meant to bring up, but my notes weren't completed. Um, where... You can hear which one it is? Yeah, and that's how, one of the way, like, I've watched them so many times over the past couple of months that I've started to pick up on things that I've not seen, Do they do that in two, though? I feel like you never hear a woman... I'd have to watch it over and over again. I didn't start catching them until I had watched them, like, eight times in a week. Okay. Because I've literally watched Scream back to back to back to back to back to back to back, like, over the course of days. It, yeah. Scream is also... Streaming on Tubi for free. It's really hard to find a copy of that, guys, by the way. Um, so if you have a copy of Scream, hold on to it. It's really hard to find a copy. Yeah. No. We're just streaming on Tubi for free. It's just upsetting. You would think they would do a new Blu-ray release of, for the anniversary. They, yeah, they did one in, like, the early 2000s. They might do one again with Scream 5. Well, next year is the 25th. That's right. Wow. Yeah. Fuck. I'll be 29 next year. I'll be 25. You came out the year this is released. Yeah. You're a fucking dick. Um, <laughs> fucking asshole. 
at least you'll inherit this podcast, this super successful podcast, um, when I die. Um, find a new host. Gotta find a new host. Find some young strapping man. Right. In his, in his early 20s. In his early 20s. I'm As in my I mid-20s. Enter into my twilight. I'm in my mid-20s. I'm going into my twilight years, girl. I'm in my mid-20s. Once I turn 29, I'm never not turning. I'm not turning anything else. You're okay. going to celebrate my 29th birthday every year for the rest of your life. Okay. Okay. The rest of my life, I should say, because I'll die first because I'm older. Um, I mean, I'm more suicidal. Do you need to watch Princess Diaries, girl? <laughs> so, yes. So Tatum's dead. Tatum, um, oh, God. I just... By the way, they had to nail... We talked about this earlier. They had to nail her yeah. her sweater into Which the doggy door. Because she was too small. Yeah. Um. So Tatum's dead. Tatum's dead, which is upsetting. Which is upsetting. Uh, the only people left in the house are Stu, Randy, Sue. Sydney, and, and we don't Billy. know at this time, but... Her dad. Sydney's dad. Um, Mr. Briscoe. Gail is outside with Dewey. She's with Dewey right now in the woods. They just discovered the father's car. Okay. And almost get hit by a car. And they almost kiss. And then they discover the car. So they head back in a hurry. Um, they arrive. Kenny's dead. Her and Dewey are... Dewey, Dewey's going up to the door to go inside uh, to warn Sydney and get stabbed. And she's running away in heels. Goes to the van, discovers Kenny's dead, mm-hmm. uh, and then drives with Kenny on the hood of her car. Um, and the sh- oh yeah, Kenny, get the fuck off that windshield. Yeah. Um, so we get that, and then she wrecks. And you think um, she's dead? And you think she's dead? Cause she, I mean, she she hit that really hard. She should have oh. flown out the window. Yeah. Um, boots. But wear your stuff belt. It's seat a seatbelt. <laughs> wear your seatbelt. Don't. Um, editor's note, cut out Sydney's very problematic. Oh, whatever. You're fine. Um, don't throw it. This was $28. $1 for every year you've been alive. Can get through this for a professional relationship with you. Um, so life comes at you fast. So, <laughs> so almost like a migraine. Uh, um. So yeah. So Courtney Cox is not dead. Gail Weathers is not dead. You can't kill Gail Weathers. Knock on wood. First gun scream five. And then we have. Sydney and uh, Sydney and Billy are done having sex, mm, which just makes me feel gross. Yeah, no, especially as you're about to find out he ugh. raped her mother. Oh, um, which, ugh. yeah, like that's been inside you know. Um, so yeah, so she has sex with Billy. She begins to suspect Billy again by asking questions, and then the killer Stu. Um, comes around the corner and, air quote, stabs Billy. Um, Billy pretends to die. Sydney runs away because she's smart. Um, she doesn't mourn the, she doesn't mourn Billy long. 
She's um, like, ah, oh, fuck. Yeah, so she gets out, jumps out the window, falls onto the boat, discovers that Tatum is dead. Does pause a little more for Tatum. Yeah, pauses more for Tatum for sure. Um, and then takes off. So Sydney gets away from the crash the crash site and she doesn't even check on Gail. Uh, but why should she? She's probably dead. And she runs back to the home, uh, runs up to the door, and she is greeted by uh, a probably dead Dewey. Stu comes up to her and starts shouting about how Randy is the killer. And Randy says, Stu is the killer. Uh, and they both she says, plead for fuck her. you both. Yeah, plead for her to let them in, and she does a smart girl thing. Um, and says, fuck you both, and slams the door in their face. Cut Which to props Billy. for Randy for forgiving Sydney for doing that. Oh yeah, boots. At this point, he also understands that he is a prime suspect. Yeah. Both of not either of them could have been the killer. Yeah. Um, there's no reason that she should believe either of them are not the killer. Not the killer. Yeah. Um, she's remorseful and cries, but she also understands that what she did may have just saved her life. Cut to Billy Loomis. Billy Loomis is alive. And suspiciously has no stab holes in his white Fruit of the Loom t-shirt. And we get the delicious corn syrup scene. Ugh. Which is queer-coated boots. Uh, anytime someone's licking something off of their finger. Oh, yeah. No, definitely. It's erotic. Oh! Randy he lands Lance Randy in and then shoots Randy. Yeah, and then shoots Randy. Um, we all go a little mad sometimes. And, yeah. Sydney puts two and two together quickly because obviously he's the killer. Yeah. He just shot Randy. Um, and then we get the uh, mind-blowing reveal that there are two killers. And it's actually Billy and Stu. And Stu. Which, uh, let's talk about this. Were Billy and Stu justified in their murder, in, in for their reasoning? No! Absolutely not. Are you kidding? What do you think? Fuck no. Fuck no. I think these two... So, let me talk about this. Um, So, they had no reason to kill Sydney's mom. At all. Uh -uh. Uh-uh. No reason to then kill Casey and Steve. No. No reason to kill the principal. No reason to kill Tatum. No reason to kill... There's no reason to kill the fucking cameraman. There's no reason to kill any of these people. Yeah. Um, I, I really do think that Billy and Stu were supposed to be representative of Leopold and Loeb. I don't know if this is intentional, but that's what they reminded me of, of Leopold and Loeb, who, again, were two bored teenagers who killed um, just for the fun of it or to prove how smart they were. Also, Leopold and Loeb were uh, gay as fuck for each other. Work. Um, one of them a little more gay for the other one, which is kind of how Billy and Stu work, because I definitely feel like Stu is a little more gay for Billy than Billy is yeah. for Stu. Billy's the... He lets, he lets Stu blow him. Yeah. He doesn't reciprocate, though. I think he does. You think? Yeah. With some corn syrup. Oh. That's a lovely scene. Coming soon to men.com. Um, we get the vocoder uh, Which reveal. shares influence. Honestly. Believe. Wait, when did Believe come out? 99. Fuck. Shares influence. Podcast. Ripples through time. <laughs> Ripples through time. <laughs> Um, so now we get this whole, uh, motive exposition gig. 98, um, by the way. 98, my bad. Yeah. 
Um, the album came out in 99, I'm yes. sure. Yes. No, it came out in 98. Are you serious? Yeah. How did I not know that? Because you're a fake fan. I'll accept it. Um, so, this scene here is very homoerotic. Oh, yes. Um, yes, 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 yes I'm going to yes. list a few reasons why, and I want you to list a few that I miss. Okay. There's, I mean, obviously the penetration of the knives uh, plunging oh, into one another. Yeah. Um, Stu doing that thing that he likes to do of hanging over someone's shoulder, um, fixating on the face, neck, ear, hair of someone else, of another mm-hmm. man. Um, and also just the way that Stu looks at him is lovingly. Yeah. But also with the utmost respect. Yes. He idolizes Billy. Billy. Yeah. Billy Boots. Do you have any other that you'd like to add? No, I really think you picked up on it. Um, I think uh, the way they planned it and kind of rehearsed it is like, remember, like we planned, stay to the side, not too deep. Um, Also, um, when you talk about this, one of my favorite lines is like when, when, when Sydney gets away, she's like, I already called the cops assholes. And then she's like, did you really call the cops? She's like, you bet your ass I did. My My mom mom and dad are going to be so mad at me. (laughs) (laughs) Which again, I think it just shows that like these guys are teenagers. They're kids. They're kids. Which is a little fucked up. Yeah. A little fucked up. Very, once again. A film that knows what it is. Yeah. So, um, um... And then we get the final scene where Phil's Gale is alive. Mm-hmm. With a gun. With a gun, but the safety's on. Yeah. And Billy knows this. Yeah. Um, and he uh, knocks her out. He ducks her, yeah. He ducks her? her? Okay. A lot of punching on Gail. She's a yeah. punching bag. Um, Stripper. So we get the reveal of Sydney's dad not being the killer, which we already put together. Yeah. Um, I think any smart viewer kind of already knew that it wasn't her dad. Like, why would your dad kill Casey? There's no fucking reason. No reason. Um, the motive just isn't there. Yeah. Um, I mean, the motive's not there. I mean, if, you're psycho- if you have a psychotic break, you're going to kill people that are, like, if you're a man and you're going to mm. kill, you're going to kill your family. Yeah. Like that. Um, or the person who was allegedly sleeping with the mom. Um, so anyway, uh, we get this, this whole stabby scene now where they, they go ahead and do all of their gay shit. Um, Sydney is able to escape when, when Gail comes in. Uh, and then Randy, Mm -hmm. still alive. Still alive. Um. Trooper. Trooper. Um. She and Stu fight, uh, and she puts a entire TV, nineties TV, TV, on heavy nineties TV on his head. Um, canonically, he is not ever mentioned to be dead. So, Matthew Loder for the killer in Scream Five. I mean, he said he was open to it. What is Stu's open kill? That'd be insane. Like, Ghostface, like, creeps into his, like, hospital bed. That'd be insane. Stabs his coma patient. Um, yeah. Uh, so, 
Stu is presumably dead. Presumably. Um, allegedly. Allegedly. Uh, we get um, Courtney Cox back on mm-hmm. her feet. Yes. Um, Randy's back on his feet. Do we find out Dewey's alive at this point? No. Again? Not no. until everything's over. Um, okay. Because the cop will never be there when everything's happening. Um, for Chope's sake. Okay. So, Sydney fights with Billy one more time, stabs mm-hmm. him in the heart with a, or in, in the gunshot wound with an umbrella. With an umbrella? Um, and Which, he, ow. Fuck. Yeah, very ow. Um, and then they are fighting to the floor. Uh, they think he's dead. I, they think he's dead. Randy's like, careful, this is the time when the killer pops up for one last scare. And then Billy dies and Sydney shoots him the point blank in the head. Yeah. Says, not in my movie. Yeah. Uh, so now everything is over, we think. Uh, Sydney's dad pops out of the, the closet once more, right? Yeah. Yeah. So the, the, the third act is over. We get the, the ending, which is just uh, Gail reporting on what's happened. Mm-hmm. Dewey is alive and being wheeled out to an ambulance. Which is um, also how the second film ends. Yeah. Okay. Um, well. Closing thoughts on screen? Closing thoughts on screen. Love this film. I think this is a great, this is, I feel like, I feel like after last week's, um, kind of ragging on, I know what you did last summer. Um, deservedly. Was, des- oh, deservedly. Um, I feel like this was a good second episode. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully guys, we weren't too chaotic. If we were, it's the second episode. I'm sure if we hit 200, we'll revisit. Oh, yeah. No, we'll talk about Scream. Uh, Scream's going to be working. Scream is going to be... Scream is my... Scream is our favorite franchise. Scream is my Bible. Scream might be my favorite horror movie. I just... I, I, I feel like if really I ever get married, time. I'm going to... If I ever get sworn in to, like, office, I'm swearing my oath on, on a Scream DVD. That would actually be really iconic to me. It would be iconic. Okay. Um, register to vote. Please make sure you register to vote. Register to vote. Wear a mask. Wear a mask. Um, wash your fucking hands. Wash your fucking hands. And don't forget, most importantly... Stream Scream on Tubi. On Tubi for free. Okay. okay. Um, our next episode should be... Jeepers Creepers. Jeepers Creepers. That's right. Cause that's, that's October's. Okay. Or Giva. Jeepers Creepers. Jeepers Creepers 2. 2. Yeah, and you can follow us online. Uh, I'm Sydney Hampton at the Sydney Hampton S Y D N I on Twitter and Instagram. And Jake, I am on Twitter and Instagram as um, at Young Timberwolf at Young Timberwolf Y U N G Timberwolf. Yep, yep. And it's um, the same for both of them now. Yeah, and you can also follow the podcast at Really Queer. Yeah. Um, see you all next week. <laughs>